And welcome to another episode of Amrix Weekly. I am your co-host Chad Didimenesis, and as always, joined by Keith Bozniak from Let's Go Amrix to talk about the latest with the Sabres AHL affiliate Rochester Americans. Keith, what is going on, man? Hey, hey, hey! Good morning. We're uh, we're doing well over here. Things are kind of taking taking a good turn. The team is playing well. They're Getting scoring from a number of different players and different assists and putting up some wins. It's uh, we're back to some polar opposites in this last little stretch. Yeah, I was gonna say though that uh, that whole scoring thing where you're getting multiple guys scoring, we haven't had that in a few games here. We either have Jack Echo score or nobody scores, so we're kind of rolling on four games of that, which is one of the reasons we're sitting here on a five game losing streak in Buffalo, but Rochester is sitting on, a, like as you mentioned, a pretty nice winning streak. So they won 5-2 against Utica on Wednesday, 2-1 to one against Providence on Friday. And then maybe you could disagree with me, but maybe their most impressive 4-3 win over Syracuse, a red-hot Syracuse team yesterday. And here's the Amherst again rolling in, you know, had themselves back in first place. Yeah, that was definitely a big win last, uh, big win against Syracuse. Uh, you know, they overall played a great game. They had scoring from different players there was uh you know victor olson scored there was an unlikely goal scorer with uh, tyler randall uh you know the only downside of the game was goaltending but when goaltending was a uh, slightly an issue with those three goals against it didn't really make a difference when the rest of the team was scoring and playing well in front of them so they they put it together and that was syracuse's first regulation loss since october i think it was 27th hmm, so that's yeah, they, they've been on a hot streak, and they, they got things together. And, you know, to go in and play in a tough building, which Syracuse is, and come out with a good win is it was impressive. They, they, that's, you know, that's the kind of Amherst team that we want to see, and, and they delivered. So uh, quickly, I guess we'll go to the goaltending, because I guess you mentioned that. That's where we'll start here. So they, well, they made an interesting move on Monday, and they brought up Jonas Johansson from the EC, ECHL. And... You know, we kind of raise our eyebrows, and then the Hutton thing happens in Buffalo, which I'm not sure they're connected because of the call-up on Monday, and then Hutton played Monday, but I guess we really don't know. But Johansson got a game in on Wednesday. He looked good. He played again on Friday and looked good. I saw that. Everybody saw that uh, nice save he made on, on Twitter. They were coming across. That was pretty nice. But um, and I know Wilcox played yesterday, right? Yes. So Johansson, you know, two games, you know, his – a former draft pick of the Sabres. How was he looked in his two games that he got? Yeah, he, he came right in and he, he played two great games. He, you know, that impressive save, um, you know, that everybody saw from Friday night. Uh, the Wednesday game, it was, you know, it was one of those games where it just appeared that everybody was, the team skaters were contributing in front of him. So they made the game a little bit easy for him. You know, he didn't really have to make any of those sprawling acrobatic saves because of, uh, you know, two-on-oh or two-on-one turnovers, anything like that. 
No, he, he came right in. He performed. Um, you know, he looked loose talking to him after both the games. He just seemed very relaxed and looking to get his opportunity. Um, you know, one of the things asking was, you know, there's with the goaltending current situation, it's limited options. And, you know, he said he's kind of looked at the who's made it, you know, including Linus Allmark where he is and said, hey, if these guys can make it, why can't I? And I think that's maybe what's contributed to him, to him playing well and him getting the opportunity opportunity and going to be interesting to see what happens you know over the next few days or weeks when you know they have to make a move again so i watched a lot of that game on wednesday against utica um it was on msg so i got a good chance to watch a good portion of it and one of the guys left i came away super impressed with and it's going to fall into a question here i'm going to ask you a follow-up question uh is alex dealing you know i watched a few games last year with rochester and i barely really even noticed him during the play here and there, but I feel like throughout that game, he flashed. He created opportunities. He was in on scoring chances. He was quicker. He was in on the puck more. Is that just something that really, the kind of play you've really seen from him all season and is kind of a lot different from what we've seen in the past? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure you kind of read the long article I wrote about Alex. And, yep. you know, it's probably the nicest thing we've said about Alex in, you know, in the two seasons he's been here. He's, he's definitely playing just you know, more confident game. He's getting in in those areas. He's working along the boards. He's creating scoring chances. Uh, you know, one of Justin Bailey's goals from Friday night was, you know, Alex working along the boards and, you know, he didn't touch the puck, but he kind of forced the pass out to the cent- center of the ice and Bailey took off. Yeah, he's just making plays all over the place. Uh, you know, he was, I think it was Friday night. Might have been Wednesday night. Night's kind of blend together but you know there's even he's back checking more he's you know he's forechecking he's he's all over the ice and just overall you know you could tell he's healthy compared to last year you know now you know he kind of know a little bit more maybe last year would give him a little pass because he was playing with a groin injury all season right you know first year was what it was and yeah now we're you know kind of seeing him play the way they want him to play and what he's capable of and He's still the youngest kid on the team, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this kind of wraps it in my question here. As I mentioned in the beginning, is the scoring issues for the Sabres in particular. Now, I don't know if they're going to make a move anytime in the future here because, you know, they're pretty stacked up on the roster up top. But if this continues on and they're not getting any scoring, you would think eventually they're going to dip into Rochester. And, you know, we've talked a lot about defensemen and, you know, Pilot, and he's here at Rochester. We'll get to him a little bit here. But is, is it still for you? Is Nylander and I guess you could say C.J. Smith, the two guys. I mean, as maybe Nylander maybe separate himself a little bit above C.J. Smith as the guy, or would you still kind of roll Smith here? I guess I'm asking the call-up question a little bit early this time. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that question is easy, considering you have the defenseman that's going to get called up and right. you want to send him back. So, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, as of right now, C.J. is still the, the guy. Um, you know, he's overall the more, more consistent player. Um you know, yeah, Alex is better, but, you know, in terms of what you're looking for, CJ is is still that guy. Um, you know, quietly moving up the ranks is Rasmus Asplund, who is, you know, all of a sudden he had six assists in the last five games since we huh. last talked. One of those games had three assists. Right. You know, but in terms of scoring, yeah, I think, you know, CJ is still, still that guy. You mentioned Pilot has, I'm assuming he's been missed in Rochester, but maybe has the missing of him not been as great as you would have expected when he left? Yeah, that's, you know, you definitely, you know, they definitely miss him. Um, you know, I think that's where we're seeing, you know, the closer games. Um, but at the same point, you know, it, 
yeah, they're, they're winning without him. Um, you know, he definitely makes the team better. But, you know, he had to give credit. That's where uh, Jack Doherty's kind of stepped in and, you know, hasn't played that much. Brandon Hickey, both of those guys are playing games and contributing. Um, you know, they got a couple points each. And as they miss somebody, you know, other guys kind of step in and they've even got some power play goals without Pilot. So it's not as bad, um, you know, to say. We'll see over long term how it goes. But yeah, they're, they're definitely playing well without them. And I think that's what they knew would happen. So they've kind of built the team around it. And down the road, we're still going to have to revisit that Taylor Fadoon trade and see how things shake out down the road. But for right now, Amherst really aren't missing Pilot. Uh, you know, but we still want him back. <laughs> well, I'm not sure you're going to get him back. I mean, realistically, I think eventually we'll get him back for a little bit, but I don't think it'll be for any extended period of time. Here's so Matt Tennyson's hanging out up here, right? And he played yesterday, and I he played like 11 minutes, very sheltered. I don't, I don't even know if he played enough to notice that he was terrible, but in a way, he did. Like when he like, it's just for like, I feel like when you see Matt Tennyson at the NHL level, you're just like, ugh, and like they instinctively think that he's not good, which. He's really not at the NHL level, and I, I think maybe one of the goals was on him yesterday, but that was the goal that made it like 5-2 at that point. It's whatever, but, you know, I, I heard a lot of potential chatter about Will Borgen being that guy they might give an opportunity to, and I think maybe they didn't go that route because they're going to get Scandella past, possibly back by Tuesday, but do you think Borgen, if they send Tennyson back and want to get Borgen a game, do you think he's deserved a look at the NHL, at least for a game or two? Absolutely. he's. Bill, Will Borgen is kind of the quiet guy in terms of he's just a straight defensive defenseman. Uh, last weekend, I think I sent out a tweet where he was, you know, it was kind of a surprise when he all of a sudden he ended up in a scoring rush and was at the front of the net. And another play, he took the puck end to end and, you know, had a shot on goal, which was kind of surprising because that's just not the kind of player he is. But he's, he's consistent. You know, he has one job, get the puck out of the zone, get it up to the forwards and let them do their job. I, you know, I think he's got the size. He's got the, you know, maturity, I guess you could say. He can he can do it. Uh, you know, if it comes down to it, you know, it is kind of surprising they wouldn't give him a give him a look over Matt Tennyson. Kind of goes back to you wonder how much, you know, contracts have to do with things and, you know, who gets a chance over what. But, yeah, no, I, Will Borgen is a great player to have on the ice, and you really can't say anything bad about the kid or guy, I guess, because he's not even a, you know, they're not even kids anymore. Right, right. The other guy I want to ask you about is, you know, both you and I both have, you know, been in a lot of conversations the last few days with this whole defense thing about Brendan Gooley. And so maybe just we can kind of, for those who do listen, we, I know we talked on a few times, maybe we can just kind of go over again his season as a whole. I mean, I, I know he started off rough and, you know, it's, it's the turnovers and he really hasn't been involved offensively. I kind of feel like maybe that's starting to change here a little bit as we kind of get going the last few games, but. Maybe if you just overall kind of want to talk about Gooley's season and how the beginning is and how he is now, and then I guess that'll put some perspective behind why he's really not the guy who's getting that look right now. Yeah, I think it comes down to the consistency. That's that's going to be the number one concern with every prospect as far as, you know, how consistent are you? You know, it's everybody's going to go through, you know, maybe two, three, four game stretches of either no points or not doing much. But when you go, you know, five, six, seven games or eight games. You know, that's kind of where Gooley's been. Uh, you know, he's kind of turned things around the last three games. He's got a little point streak going with an assist in each game. Uh, Saturday night, he had a pretty bad turnover at the blue line. 
but he was able to turn his wheels on and got back immediately and broke up a two and one. So, you know, plays like that are what we saw last season that he's just starting to get back into the groove of doing that the last few games. And, you know, the points are coming as well. So he's, you know, where you have Will Borgen, where you're not expecting points from him. You know, you're expecting Gooley is going to be the guy you want to get the defensive side and the points. And, you know, just the last three games, he's, he's definitely looked better compared to where we've seen him. Hey, if we have another weekend where we talk about him the same way, you know, he's going to get himself back into that picture. Yeah, I mean, that's good. You know, it, again, we talked about it before. He's a 21-year-old defenseman, his second year out of junior hockey. And I think you're going to get these hiccups. So I don't think you right. know, anybody should worry or panic that all of a sudden Gooley's falling off the cliff here. I, I still think he has <laughs> a promise and ability to make an impact <clears throat> and at the NHL level. We'll just see how that goes. And even if he stays in Rochester the full year, you know, that doesn't hurt him by any means at all. Right, yeah. No, that's where, you know, hey, there's going to be the, you know, the ups and downs of a season. And, you know, I don't think there's one prospect on the team. Oh, probably nitpick a couple, but, you know, there just isn't anybody who would say, wow, this guy is bad. He's not going to make it. He has no chance. It's, you know, it's just talking about the highs and lows of the season. And I think sometimes when, you know, somebody just isn't doing well, like Uli is, some people kind of take that as, oh, are we doomed? Uh, how bad is this going to be in the long run? And, no, he's still, he said, 21 years old. He's, you know, in his second full season, and there's, you know, hey, they're learning, and that's the way it's supposed to happen. And, you know, if a defenseman takes a year or two, a couple years to get going, you know, I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. It's just, you know, everybody wants the instant success, the instant player in the NHL, and, you know, it just doesn't happen for most players. Right. So I'm going to kind of replace the question at the end here. We always ask about the call-up to a different type of question. So it's pretty, I would say, clear and safe at this point that Rochester is going to be a playoff team. What is what is a weakness of this team? What do they really need? You know, if if there is a trade, let's say, what what would you be looking for that Rochester needs to kind of get them to the next level to be a real dangerous cup contender? Um, center position is kind of where they're where they're struggling. Um, you know, I think it right now it hurts that Chris Colo has missed so many games. Um, you know, and that's, you know, I think we'd see a lot more production out of CJ Smith with Calker Skull back in the lineup. Um, I think he's missed, how many has he missed? Three, six, I don't know, maybe 15 games or something like that now. Oh, wow. Okay. 10, 15 games. Um, so yeah, so he's, you know, having him out of the lineup, he's a offensive threat. So I think, you know, having a center, uh, you know, just somebody that can, you know, kind of lead the way, kind of like Asplund is doing with O'Regan and Olsen. Um, You know, Sean Malone is, you know, sometimes I wonder if, you know, his NHL role is not going to be, you know, a top two center. So that really isn't what he plays down here. But, you know, in right. terms of the Amherst roster, you wonder if he could have that ability. Um, you know, Kevin Porter is a great captain on the Amherst. You know, he's does his job, you know, but he's not really a top scoring center. You know, he's consistent with the points. So I think as the team is right now healthy, they don't need to make any moves. They could be a cup contender when they play, you know, the way they have been the last few games and when they've had their winnings, winning streaks. You know, they can everybody contributes, everybody complements each other. But if you had to make one move, it would definitely be, you know, just a top threat scoring center that just maybe hasn't been there. So three game week again, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. 
and they're going to be home against Binghamton on Wednesday, home against Cleveland on Friday, and then on the road against Cleveland on Saturday. So quickly here, looking a week ahead, what are you looking for to continue the winning streak? I mean, I don't really know a lot about these teams are playing. I know Cleveland was behind Rochester, but I don't know if they've fallen off. And then, if I'm not mistaken, Binghamton's near the bottom. Yeah, Binghamton is near the bottom, but they're one of those teams that is, you know, they they, they give they give the Emmerichs trouble. Um, you know, Rochester lost three nothing to them last week. Um, you know, there was one empty net goal, one fluke goal that was kind of kicked in when somebody tried to block a pass. Okay. And then, you know, so there's one really is one one goal game, um, but they they kind of shut down the Emmerichs, and they're one of those teams when you're at the bottom. They, it's the old saying, play keep it simple. And you know, when you have the Emmerichs who are trying to be a fast scoring team, and you go up against a team that tries to shut you down, it kind of makes it tougher. You know, Cleveland is going to be interesting because we haven't. You know, I think they only played them once. That was a game in Buffalo. You know, and a lot has changed since then obviously with everything. So, you know, I think those two games are going to be kind of like the Syracuse game where it'll, you know, see where they're at. And, you know, they come away with uh, three wins, um, you know, even two wins against Cleveland. You know, that's going to, I think that's going to kind of show that, hey, they deserve to be at the top of the North Division and they're not just holding on. They're, they're leading the division. Very good. So that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrex. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for the Excellent Amrex coverage at Let's Go Amrex and his website, letsgoamrex.com. So for Keith and Chad, Rochester is doing great. The Sabres are not doing great. Rochester's back in action on Wednesday. Sabres are back in action on Tuesday against the Kings. So make sure you follow us along for that coverage at BTB Hockey. And like I said, at Let's Go Amrex. Keith, man. I hope things keep going great for you in Rochester. I appreciate the conversation, and we'll talk again next week, and hopefully we have both teams rolling again because those those are the fun podcasts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, stay away from our players. Stay away from our players and have a, <laughs> have a good week. <laughs> All right, man. Talk soon. 